It's the one and done show. My name is Rob. Uh, Marks Fuller is here. Ryan James is here, and uh, this is good officially, to be back. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a touch a touch of time, a little while. Uh, we've got uh, that's a, how we do it though. A touch of time. Absence <laughs> makes the heart grow <laughs> we haven't fonder. We've been here in a titch. We like to keep people uh, waiting. You know, absence does make the heart grow fonder. You're right. Uh, so this is our Gopher season preview show. We're going to talk Gophers right away. A uh, uh, little recruiting, perhaps, because there's some uh, some commitments that have been happening lately, and uh, maybe uh, some NBA basketball since the season starts on Tuesday. Maybe a little high school, even though that's uh, still yet a month away. Uh, but let's start with the Gophers. What's going on with the Gophers, Marcus? Well, you know they had their Gopher Media Day on Friday, and uh, the long-awaited Gopher Media Day, Big Ten Media Day, was actually in early October. So it's been hold on, a, you said long-awaited day, it's, like, it's like long-awated media. Day. Yes, long, long no, I, I mean, usually he's excited. Big for Ten Seriously. Media Day and, and Gopher Media Day are, are usually like in the same week. Um, but oh, Big Ten Media saying. Day was early October. And uh, this is almost end of October here. But um, it was a good chance for us to, to talk to the team and, and um, talk to the freshmen. I did a story in today's Star Tribune, Saturday Star Tribune, about the four freshmen. Um, you know, this this is a group that was a non, non-traditional type of recruiting, although Patino – uh, and a lot of coaches now are waiting to to the spring to sign kids, uh, most of the kids. Um, but if you look at this class, uh, it started off with Trey Williams in the fall. Uh, and at the time, he's a three-star recruit that, um, you know, Ryan can help me if I'm wrong, but um, didn't have any Power 5 offers other than the Gophers at the time. And people were wondering, like, hey, you know, um, how good is this kid? And all of a sudden, start of his senior year, um, he has a – good tournament or two shoots up the rankings almost a top 100 kid four stars and he looks like a pretty good get and a, well, and, a, and a kid that some teams missed on well the reason the biggest reason that he eventually shot up the rankings is because he, the one word you'd use for him is maturity when you just watch some of those prep school games he's just a more mature kid in all ways physically he's more mature uh he plays a more mature game more intelligent game trey williams we're talking about yep. yes and he and he also he also worked on his craft. Um, you know, that's another that's another sign of maturity. Like he put the work in, and his skills progressed, and his percentages and efficiency went up. So that, like, the excitement about Trey Williams is because he kind of is in that mold of Gabe Kelcher. He kind of in is in that mold of what we what I what I've seen from Peyton Willis in terms of when I watched him at Vanderbilt. You know, is a team first, aggressive, consistent, efficient, tough guy. One of and, the things I loved about Trey. When I was talking to him before he arrived, um, he just kept talking about defense. You know, he's like, "That's the that's the area that I hope to bring uh, to the Gophers." You know, once I arrive, I take pride in my defense. Um, and really, you know, he was an unselfish guy. I think people that watched him play, I think there's a couple chances that you could see him play on national television on ESPN. He was playing in the, what the Geico Nationals or whatever. Uh, they they played Cole Anthony's team in one game, Oak Hill. And uh, he was guarding Cole Anthony for a little bit. Um, um, he had a couple threes, like, in the second half. But really, he wasn't looking for a shot a whole lot. Um, he was just trying to get other uh, teammates the ball and, and focusing on defense. So coming into his freshman year, um, I was really shocked to see how much that he, he can score and how versatile he is. And Ryan talked about, like, the maturity of him. Um, he, he actually grew. So that when, from the time when the Gophers started recruiting him to now, um, he's grown uh, an inch, maybe a little bit more than an inch, and he's gained 20 pounds. And so now he's a legit 6'5", maybe a little bit taller, and he's uh, about 200 pounds. And this isn't – he's not a young freshman either. I mean, he had a post-grad year, so we're talking about a kid who's – I mean, yes, he is a freshman in college, but he's 
he's going to be turning 20 at some point. And, Physically, he's, he's yeah. ready. In all fairness, doesn't every kid gain 15, 20 pounds in their no, freshman year? No, not at all. <laughs> well, the freshman 15, yeah, the, yeah, the like, bad way, in the bad way. The majority of them do, <laughs> right, maybe the not way. the athletes. They do right. it in a different way. So moving on for the class, um, you know, but quickly, quickly on Trey, uh, I was surprised at how well he can score. You know, we'll, when the lights come on and it's, and it's an actual game, um, you know, versus obviously Big Ten competition, you know, we'll see if it translates. The Gophers hope it does. But he led them in scoring um, during their uh, Italy trip um, in three games, averaged 15 points. Uh, so, he, you know, he should be able to score for them a little bit. I think he's the most ready freshman for them to contribute. But in that class, uh, like I said, non-traditional, had one in the fall, and then all of a sudden April comes, and, you know, they have three scholarships left to fill. Well, two, but they have Amir Coffey that, you know, they, they kind of think might go to the NBA. And so, you know, they fill it with uh, Sam Freeman was the next to commit in April, 6'10 freshman or 6'10 center from Dallas. And uh, and then um, then Isaiah Enan from, from Germany, 6'9 forward. Um, you know, he's a four-star recruit, which is unusual. Ryan could talk about this. Was, uh, they ranked him here in 24-7, ranked him as a four-star recruit. And I asked Evan Daniels, who's the um, scouting director, I said, how do you rank a guy from Germany when he plays his entire career in Germany? You know, he said, well, we, we are actually investing now in sending guys over to scout in, in Europe. And we saw him play, and we really like him. We think if he was here in the States, he would be a, a, a close to a top 100 four-star recruit. So we ranked him in the you know top 100. And I said, oh, okay, well, that, that's fine. I mean, if you've seen him play and you're in, you know, in person, because all we got is like videos and you know we don't really know what the competition's like, that's fine. So they ranked him as a four-star recruit. Um, and then really quick, before Ryan gets on Isaiah, uh, Brian Greenlee was the last recruit. He actually – signed in june <laughs> right before summer school um because amir coffee left we uh, uh you know he was uh going to the draft and then they had one more scholarship to fill in that class they needed a point guard amir was playing a lot of point um and and they needed a point guard so he's from he's a six foot guard from florida won a couple state championships um and before like i said ryan talks about isaiah one thing about brian that i never even knew is this kid is an incredible athlete so if you watch of course Patino, if 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 Coach Patino's listening to me, then he'll he'll be laughing because he always says I never watch any games, I just watch highlights. I only watch highlights on Brian Greenlee, okay? And I did not see him I, I did not see him dunk at all. Okay. I he never really showed his athleticism, like just run and jump, you know. I mean he was just a a, a, a smart, you know, uh point guard, got the ball where he needed to be. He was a great defender, you know. I mean, obviously he he physically um, he looks like he can play at the next level. He's a pretty solid-looking guard, but he just really wasn't a run-and-jump guy. He comes here, and the first practice I saw him, he bounces it and and, and put, puts it between his legs and dunks and does it reverse. And I'm thinking, what the? Is this the same kid? <laughs> so at media day yesterday, he tells me that um, he has the highest vertical on the team. And I said, there's no way you have a higher vertical than Jarvis Omersa because you know, Jarvis is one of the best athletes maybe to ever come here. And he says he has a max vertical of 44 inches. And uh, Jarvis says, no, well, I, my vertical is 44 and a half, you know. But, you know, so, you know, like I said, this kid is a lot more athletic than he even shows in games. But he says, well, we'll see his athleticism more this year. Uh, but I just thought that was pretty incredible. Do you know who had the highest vertical in the 1997 Final Four team? Sam Jacobson. Russ Archambault. 
Really? Mm-hmm. He did the same dunk you just talked about in his freshman year, before in like in like the uh, Midnight Madness they used to have, and like everything you said made me think of Russ because the same size, um, same strength. Because Russ came in really strong, nasty, nasty bounce, same dunk made me think of him. I'm not saying Brian is going to be Russ, and well, <laughs> I don't think anybody in Minnesota wants to really talk about Russ. But at the same time, like that's the type, that's the type, that's the same way he came in. So a little blast from the past on that. Um, so, okay, so you just watch highlights. I never saw a game of Brian Greenlee either, so I can't comment on him literally at all. Sure. Um, but I did get to see Sam Freeman play live a couple times, and I watched every game that Isaiah Inman played in the under, is it under 20? Is that what it was? Under 20 um, international games. Well, I don't know exactly what, which games they were, but I did spend time watching every game that he played because they were all on YouTube. Um, is he a four-star recruit? Is he a three-star recruit? I don't know. I mean, I would say somewhere between that 90, 80, and 130 area. I mean, it's hard to – unless right. he competes against those other guys, it's really tough to slot. Um, but, I mean, the potential is there because he has good size. He does seem to have a good stroke, um, and he is fairly agile. Now, there's also a rawness to him that makes you wonder when he'll be ready to give consistent minutes because it's not just about – Everything's, you know, in the Big Ten, and it's not just the Big Ten. I mean, look, you run through that schedule. What is there, four mid-majors and low-majors on there? Like, you're running through a gauntlet of... Yeah, they have six high-majors other than the two early Big Ten games. Yeah. So you're running through a gauntlet of athletic, do, athletic, sizable guys that are similar to yourself. So that comes down. It's, you know, you have to have more than that. So he just has to, when he learns to play, um, he could be a really nice recruit for this team. It just depends on when. I love his wingspan. Yeah. yeah. He is really long. It just yeah. depends. Seven on foot who, four. It That's just depends incredible. on when it comes, like, you know, team defense, moving right. within the framework of the offense, right shot, wrong shot, how active are you, all positioning, and all his, that stuff. His strength is going to have to really yeah. improve. I mean, he's... What he did say yesterday is they're um, they're really changing his diet and he's eating constantly. He's constantly in the weight room. So he went from about 190 um, this summer to he's up to uh, like 210 now. So it's it's he's putting on the weight. But again, like Ryan said, like it's a whole, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a whole different level when you come here. It's not just you know I can I can run and jump and I'm long. Like yeah. you have to understand the game, which you know coming from. Well, and there's a physical maturity to right. it. Coming too, from Europe, is, there's a it's a yeah. different type of game. And too. Trey Williams has an edge in that physical maturity area as well, which is one of the biggest reasons I think he'll play and be a very helpful piece off the bench for this team. I would assume off the bench, I guess he could start, but then you'd probably have to bring Gabe or Marcus Marcus Carr or Peyton Willis off from the bench. What I've seen, I don't think that would yeah, happen. From what I've seen yesterday, you know, they, they have a scrimmage um Saturday versus Iowa State, a secret scrimmage that we nobody can watch. Even in they Europe. have like yeah. coming up next Saturday. No, yeah. today. Shh, it's oh, secret. Today. It's today. Um, but they so they were they were they had a lineup out there which would be their starters. And I mean it's it's pretty obvious what it yeah. was. You know it, it was Marcus Carr at the point guard. Um, you know it was uh, Peyton Willis at the two, Gabe at the three, Alihan Demir, which is pretty much interchangeable. Alihan Demir at the four and Daniel Tura at the five, and then the what I thought it was interesting, which you know we obvious it's pretty obvious once you think about the four freshmen. Um, the second group was four freshmen, so Brian G- Greenlee was the point guard, Trey Williams was the two, um, they had Isaiah at the three, and um, they had Sam Freeman as the center, and then they interchanged with uh, Michael Hurt and Jarvis Omersa at the at the four, and they also had a lineup with uh, with Jarvis. Um, at the five and uh, and Michael at the four so 
either three or four freshmen will be in that second rotation. And, um, you know, I mean, it, the it, pro- I'm glad that you don't have to start well, four freshmen. Uh, last year they started two. Um, but you think about it, like you start three sophomores and then your bench has three or four freshmen. This is a really young team. Well, and what, what, counter, young team. what goes against that that's tough is the schedules, the college basketball schedules have changed so much. I mean, there was a time there were 16 conference games. It kind of fluctuated back from 18 to 16. Now, now we're at 20. So you lose at least two, conf- you two conference games take away from two lower mid-major opponents. And then you add more you have one less game because it was 30 this year, and then you have a few more high majors on that schedule as opposed to mid majors. So you don't have time to play like you'd see in the past. You don't have you, time to grow up. Yeah, you'd have you'd see in the past where a starting lineup would play, and then another five would be on the floor, and then that would go away when you start playing better teams. That's not going to be the case right now. You know, you you're like what do the, they say? What's the, the Rob? What's the um, what's the cliche like? Uh, baptism by fire or something yeah like the that, first four games are cleveland state yeah. oklahoma butler and utah you weren't baptized in fire were you rob i might have been <laughs> yeah. oh not only you is seemed it, like the kid that might have not only is it clems cleveland state it's oklahoma <laughs> and sioux falls and at butler at utah like i don't know that you're gonna see a full second group on that in that floor and against that against that right. that group that, that that schedule right there so you, you do have a second five but i would imagine that you're gonna see a little more what if what they have for experience they're going to try to get that on the floor um you talked about show that show that media guide to rob you talked that you talked about sam freeman i did get a chance to see sam freeman play a couple times he's huge yeah like i don't know how else to say it like his his arms go forever yeah um there is when i watched it play now this is a long time ago i mean we're talking about 17 you here so we're talking about 15 months he ago. He looked like a different player physically, didn't he? he? Well, he was a big dude there, but like he just the reacting reaction time wasn't what where you'd want it to be. But at the same time, he was productive. I mean, he rebounded because he just cleared space. I think that was the number one thing I remember about him. In, in, in addition to the length, that was a defensive. Um, I would I don't know if I want to use the word menace. It was more like a defensive annoyance. Presence, to the yeah, presence. Yeah, um, but he he he. He rebounded pretty well when I watched him play in those games. That's now, what he does. I think that he that's going to translate, uh, especially offensively. Uh, offensive rebound will translate, um, you know. But he really, they don't really have, you know, losing Eric Curry. That's one thing we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, Eric Curry went out with a season-ending right injury last week, Monday. Um, it was actually the same day, and I wrote about this today too. Uh, it was the same day that Brady Rudrud. Um, got a scholarship as, as a senior walk-on and it was an incredible day for him after practice they celebrated as a team but before that Eric uh, walked off gingerly with a, uh, a knee injury and they, at the time they didn't know how, how serious it was because he was able to walk off and then later that night um, uh, they got text messages as a team that he, he might have torn his ACL and you know Brady was like he, he called Eric just crying because he's like I, I you know I want to celebrate this moment but Ben, I, you know, is there anything I can do for you? I'm so sad that this happening. And Eric, the kind of guy he is, just said, don't worry about me, man. I'm going to be okay. You know, like, go out, go celebrate, you know. And, and, like, you know, you don't – good things – I mean, bad things happen to good people all the time. But, you know, bad things are continuing to happen as far as injury-wise to Eric. You uh-huh. know, this is his third straight so, season that he has a season-ending in, uh, injury. I don't think there's any doubt – with the type of person we've heard he is and the hard worker he is and the attitude he has, I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to do the rehab and come back and be ready to play, you know, get, look forward to another year of playing. Um, I think the question that a lot of fans will have is, is he going to be a, a sixth-year guy? 
Like I, they're going for a sixth year, but you just want, you just want one more season. You know, we want to see one more. One, we want to see one season where he's able to play a full season and 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 show glimpses of the player that that everybody thought he would be. You know, all these injuries, we don't know what's that gonna, what that's going to do to his potential. Um, but you know, I think last year you saw it, and then bits and pieces of his freshman year um, at you know in key games. You know, there's there's a lot of things that he does well. You know, defensively, um, you know, he, he's physical. He can rebound. You know, he can stretch the floor. And I mean, those are a lot of areas that this team really needs uh, in a post player. Um, but yeah, Rob, I, I had you look at that media guide because look at that schedule. I mean, you got um, you know their first game versus Cleveland State, and then all of a sudden you go uh, away from home for for three games, right? For Oklahoma, Butler, and you. Well, they've got Oklahoma. It's Sioux Falls. It's in Sioux Falls. But, you know, it, then you have two two true road games. Against Butler and Utah. They're not like barn burners, but at the same time. Utah's not gimme. Utah's going to be solid. Butler is struggling. Right, but um, it's true. Two, yeah, two it's, true not gonna be, it's no gimme. It's for a freshman, exactly. laden, sophomore-laden team. Um, you know, it's a <laughs> Kind test. of, but at the same time, like, Marcus Carr's in his third year of college. Peyton Willis is in his third year wait yeah, no I'm talking about he's in his fourth he's year of college. junior he's a junior he is yeah. but he's in his fourth year of college right. like you can't take away from it there's there's lots of software as a freshman on this team but there's still a decent amount of experience on this team and there's a decent amount of talent but when i when i look at this team i think and i i know people have said i said this in year in the past but i really like i'm saying this with like very <laughs> sincerity here i like the type of player they have i i think gabe kelsher peyton willis I, I, I used to include Eric Curry as the third name on this all the time, and I can't now. Um, but I think Trey Williams will be this type of guy. Uh, Michael Hurd is this type of guy. From what you've seen in the past, these guys are team basketball players. They are going to be in position defensively. They are going to battle to get to the right spot. Offensively, they're going to move the ball to get to the get the right shot. And this, and I think this team is going to play great team basketball. Um, and, and that'll allow a guy like Daniel Laturo, who I think is going to be an all Big Ten honored player. Um, I, I think he has the potential to be a second, be on, one of the top ten players in the league. He's, I think he's that good. He's got the ability. For yeah, sure. I think he's, and so I think he's going to get Gabe, the right touches. I think Gabe, Gabe has the potential to be that, and so does Daniel. And, and really, I mean, you now, can say that about Marcus Carr, Peyton Willis too. But I've seen, you know, all the games I watch Peyton Willis. He's the type of guy people are going to enjoy watching. Right. I don't. It's tough to know on Marcus Carr. I mean, I watched the Pitt games and I like what I saw. Um, but then I, you know, is he? What's where's where's what is I think he has the ability to be a first ball pressure guy they have in a long time. Is he that? I don't know. I mean, we'll have to find that out. Like, we have to watch that. You know, is he going to be a guy that's the table setter, moves in the offense, gets the ball, and then he scores from there? Or is he going to be looking for his offense immediately from the first punch? I don't know. That, I don't know. We have to see. We have to wait and see. Um, and I don't know what Alihan is. I mean, that's that's. I didn't get a chance well, to see the guy play. So I, I think have no he's, idea. he's clearly uh, a st- the stretch for, you know, like people love using that term now because it's, it's about – you know, NBA basketball is like changing the way college basketball is. You know, like a lot of teams, uh, the t- teams are shooting more threes. And you know, look at the Gophers now; they have a team. You're gonna love this, Rob. Like, um, they have a team like the Lakers. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> two seven footers. They got two seven they have footers. That has a center that that uh, can step out and shoot. Now, I mean, Daniel Turu, um, in the mold of AD. I need to get you talking. That's why I'm bringing up the Lakers. Uh, uh, in, the mo- in the mold of AD, 
you know, they're going to want him to stretch the floor a little bit. Well, they look like a bunch of uh, athletic guys. They all look like they're in the 6'4", 6'5", range. I mean, they got a lot of... They do um, have a lot of athletes. I think last year, I mean, losing Amir Coffey and Jordan Murphy, the two best athletes on the team, um, but I think um, they've, they've, they've brought in some freshmen that, that got some bounce. I mean, and you it, know, I think players like Daniel Turu and, um, you know, and, and some of these other guys, you know, have gotten stronger and even more athletic than last year. And, and when I was talking before about the players, the thing I was going to is that I think you're going to have a collection of guys that each and every possession they're going to make the look to play the, to make the right play and play team basketball. Now, they, I'm, you can't – you look at last year's team, this year's team, last year's team was more talented. You know, there's, it's just plain and simple. It was more talented. Well, I, I – But – I think that they had two, two individuals, okay, that – uh, we're, we're, we're more accomplished and more talented, um, as we know, like, obviously what they accomplished in, in college, right? Amir and, and Jordan. Jordan, one of the best rebounders of all time in the Big Ten. Amir, you know, what he did at the end of last year looked like a first-team All-Big Ten player. Like, those two right there, so two individuals. They don't have two individuals on this team that you know, like, right away, hey, I'm going to get a bucket from that guy, you know, or, hey, I'm, that guy's going to just be a beast on the boards, you know, and, and just dominate this game inside. We don't know that we don't. Have, there's two, no two individuals on this team. But Daniel Latour could be that, that we can call them stars. Yeah, and that's I think um, when I was talking to some of the coaches, like in the off season, uh, when I saw them, uh, they said it was kind of um, a, it was a shock, you know, to watch the team and not like have a guy right away that just is like blowing your blowing your mind and, and that he's a, a, a flat out star. You know what I mean? That was at the start of the summer. They saw first practice was like. Man, we don't have a star yet. You know, the guy that just like, oh my gosh, you know, like Murphy. This is our guy. Murphy in practice, like he just dunks all over everybody, yeah. grabs every rebound. And it's like, oh my gosh, this guy is going to dominate the Big Ten rebounding and, you know, he's going to be a force. Like Amir Coffey would just like go up and down the floor doing layups and dunks. And yeah, and he's a 6'8 guard and, and, and a lefty. Like he just can't handle that. And that's know? the talent you're talking about. But at the same time, you come back, this team could be a better team basketball right. team. Yep. They could. Balanced. And yep. Now, Jordan Murphy and Amir Coffey were great players. It's good to see that they where they've moved on in their careers. You can't take anything away from them. They are they did great things in Minnesota. Congratulations! But they played monster minutes, and when you play monster minutes, unfortunately, it's just an actual it's a reaction on your body. Like if you've been playing for nine straight minutes, when you're running through screens, you don't react as quick. Right. You don't get to the you don't sprint back to the floor and get to the position where you need to. And sometimes that gives up. You know, the other team gets good shots on that. Well, that happened a lot at times last year. And I don't know how you could avoid that right. because, you know, you needed those guys on the floor. I mean, at one point I wondered why Amir played so much because there was some time of struggle. But then at the same time, I think literally after, I said, that public, yeah, literally after I said that publicly, he was ama- amazing the rest of the right, season. Right. You know, but, like, there are – like. That's not going to be the case this year. Right. I mean, I think you're going to have a much better team basketball team. And as long as they stay healthy, which, you know, like we hope that they do, like I think they can get within a 6th, 7th, or 8th spot in the Big Ten. And if you get in this year's Big Ten, you get a 6th, 7th, or 8th spot, you're going to be in a 7th seed, 8th seed, 9th seed, 10th seed in a tournament. And that means they're one game within they were last year. But it all depends on team basketball, staying healthy. And I think they have that type of team basketball that they could do that. Yeah, this schedule is going to definitely test them uh, before the thick of the Big Ten season. Um, you still have the media guy, right? I do. Oh, I got the schedule up yeah. here, too. So, I mean, it, you know, I mean, so they have a stretch 
starting in their second game where they play Oklahoma. Oh, no, I, I know. You know and we, they play, and, they and play Oklahoma. They play Oklahoma. Let's be and, clear. And, and Oklahoma, two, two, Oklahoma isn't quite what well, they've let, been. Let, I'm just so, – so, But they are, it's a tough test, no doubt. But the thing about the thing about going into the season is you really have no idea, right? I mean, like you see the – You pre- have some idea, but you don't have a clear idea. Well, you kind of don't have an idea, like – with teams like Oklahoma, well, teams those, like those that pay attention and come into the show. <laughs> uh. Teams like Minnesota. No, I'm, I'm I'm being serious here. Like teams like Minnesota, teams like Oklahoma, teams like you know the, the uh, DePaul, where they're they're bringing in a lot of newcomers. You just don't know like how good these guys are going to be. You know, like all of a sudden, I'm not saying they're the Oklahoma's bringing in a Trey Young, but they have Oklahoma has a point guard that's a top fifty. He might even be top. That's a tough game, 30, man. 30 kid, right? I mean, yeah, so it's this a tough kid, game. This kid could come in, and, and I'm not saying he's going to beat Trey Young, but he could come in and all of a sudden average 23 points a game, and like Oklahoma could become one of the top five teams in the Big Ten. I don't know that, um, but what I'm saying is when Big you 12. play when you play a high major team, I don't care who you're playing. You could play the the predicted worst high major team in in a conference, you know, Big Big East, Big Twelve, whatever. You're playing a high major team, so they're going to have athletes. They're going to have some size. They're going to have some returning players that um, that that produced, you know, the year before. So to me, you know, when you have a young team of guys that have not played on the high major level yet, um, you're not going to be able to come in and say, hey, you know, we can play against, you know, the Sisters of the Poor, uh, low, you know, low major teams, and you're just going to be a better athlete than them, better athletes than them. You're going to be have more size than them. Uh, you're just going to be more talented than them. Um, that's not going to be the case starting in their second game. They're going to have some some players out there that were higher-rated higher recruits. Um, some of these teams are going to have more size than them. Some of them are going to be better athletes than them, even though I think the Gophers are an athletic team. So immediately in their second game, third and fourth, uh, so they play two straight road games against high-major teams, they're going to have to start figuring out what are their strengths as a team. You know, uh, They're going to have to defend – they're gonna to have to rebound, and they're really gonna—they're just gonna to have to compete some of these younger guys like right away. And um, you know, it's it, this is—I think this is the first year in a long time where you know Coach Patino and his staff—they're um, gonna to have to like get this team playing with some kind of identity like that early. To me, uh, I think last year you know they they had the Canadian trip like pretty quickly. I think it was like their third game. Um, but they're at least able to play a couple games at home, you know, against like non-power teams, you know, to kind of figure out, okay, this is how the group's going to play. We're going to go through, and, but they already knew we're going to go through Jordan Murphy. You know, Amir Coffey is going to take a big step this year, and then we, you know, they had to rely on a couple freshmen with Daniel Turo and Gabe Kalsher. But we already kind of knew as high school players, Gabe Kalsher is a three-point shooter. Daniel likes to, you know, run, uh, he's a rim runner. You know, like runs the floor uh, and, and blocks shots. So, you know, this year they're just going to have to figure out a lot of things early, and uh, I think that's really important how they compete in the Big Ten. They played in Italy together, which is nice, but every time you bring up Italy to Coach Patino, he's like, man, those games were like – you know, playing against the bell, the, the bellhop, and you know, like it's just right. There's no competition, um, but I'm excited about the season because um, this year they didn't have an exhibition game or an open scrimmage for the fans, and we really haven't seen this team play until we won't see them play until like the end of October, early November, um, for the first time, you know, in a real game. So seven newcomers, um, the most since 2004, 2005. You know, to help your point about how you don't know. I've just looked up four different Big 12 predictions, 
And I remember the last one I looked, like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, one was six, one was eighth. Well, I've now seen one where there were two and three. Like, they're all over the place. That's what I'm saying. I got yeah, one right just... now, Oklahoma State's eighth, and Oklahoma is – I don't. I, they're in the top five. Right. Like, they're all over the place. But that's what happens when – Yeah, Oklahoma's the fifth. You don't have – when yeah. you have a lot of new players yeah, and, it's, you know, they're all over the place. Yeah. So, so, but, like, the games, just to – just in case you guys aren't, aren't sure, you haven't looked at the schedule. Minnesota's games are against the Big East. They're at DePaul. Excuse me. They're at at Butler, and they have DePaul at home. They have Clemson at home. They have Oklahoma and Sioux Falls, and then they play Oklahoma State in Tulsa, which is basically at Oklahoma State. And is that all? Oh, and they're at Utah. Okay, so like, where are these predictions? Well, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are pretty much in the middle of the league. That's where everybody's predicting them. Butler and DePaul are pretty much at the bottom of the Big East. Um, Utah is right in the middle. Clemson, Clemson's kind of playing for their head coach's job right now. Um, like, if you were to look at the 15 teams in there, they're like in the the the, the 40th to 20th percent. They're in the four mm. fifths area, you know, where they're picked. <laughs> they were a you know, tournament like team. Ninth, they're an yeah. NC tournament team last year, but they I lost mean, if, a lot of guys. If you win four of those six, does that seem like a, you take that away as a very good? Does that look like it's a good start to the year? It is, but it I would depends. Take four of six. It depends solid. on where you where you went, because like I said, they they're starting off with three out of their first four games versus high major teams. So you're saying they lose two out of the, the six? Yeah, if they lose two if out of lose six, two, if you lose two during that stretch, there, then you know the, the 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 way the season starts, especially with a young team, you know it'll be a little fragile with your confidence. Okay, and then and then what what what's thrown into the mix here, which it means eight. Power five teams you're playing in your in 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 early November and then even um, December because they play you, you Iowa play and two, Ohio State you two two Big Ten games yeah, now I, you play two early Iowa Big Ten games State. right at Iowa and you play Ohio State who I have as a top three team or number two team in the Big Ten you start your Big Ten season off in early December with that where do you have Iowa just out of curiosity I have Iowa I think about tenth I have them eleventh. And it, I had them higher than that until they lost Bohannon. Right. Now they really don't have a point guard, and they have a lot of good wings, but they really don't have a banging center or a point guard. So, right. I mean, at Iowa's still a tough game. Ohio State, I'm with you. I have them third. You know, I think Maryland and obviously Michigan State are better, but they're a top three team. That's a tough opponent. But, like, the non-conference schedule, 10-0, and amazing. 9-1, and pretty freaking awesome. 8-2, um, and very solid. It's a goal to shoot for. Seven three. You know, maybe you don't want to be quite seven to three, but seven to three is not bad. You but don't want to be seven. You don't three. want to be seven three, but you can live with seven three. Anything under that, you're. It's that's that's not good. Um, but I would eight and two feels like something you shoot for. Right. Let's end it. End it on this with the non-conference. As he, you know, brought up again you, the preseason predictions. You don't know about a lot of these teams because they're they're they have a lot of newcomers. They're capable of winning all of these um, high major non-conference games yes you know these teams are like at their level supposed to be at their level or a little or lower none of these so, teams are within are expected to win their league none of these teams are their league right contenders. we're not playing duke we're not playing no. north carolina none of these teams are expected to Villanova, contend for their league right um you know last year they played washington was the best team i think they played a non-conference and they beat them on a buzzer beater with gabe Kalsher's three-pointer in, in canada and that was huge for their confidence you know washington was a team that was predicted to win the pac-12 you know, and and actually they're predicted to win the Pac-12 again this year, but they're not playing any of those teams this year. It seems that, um, so I think they're capable of, of winning these non-conference games. I think if they get confidence early on. Um, real quickly, uh, you know, just to wrap up, like the the Gophers, uh, we talk about recruiting real quick. Um, 
they got two commitments, right, Ryan? Um, yes, there's two commitments. Uh, one is Jamal Mashburn, who you'll look around, you'll see he's ranked between 80 and 90 all over why do the we, country. Why, why do we know that name? Jamal Mashburn, how do we know that name? The Monster Mash. What do the, the Monster Mash? Mash. You know, I love that. We, it's Halloween, man. It's we a graveyard like, smash. Oh, speaking of yeah. Halloween, my yard, we put everything up. We have these two 12-foot those blow oh up 12 gosh, foot things really? they're awesome and i have this uh, did you buy that new for this year wait well one was last year one was this year okay and we have this really sweet thing in the in the trees it's like a headless horseman guy oh that's and amazing. every time it moves he goes happy halloween See, oh and i'll sit there obviously he has, old, he has some older kids because oh i don't have an older because like i have my... one five eight and twelve i have a mix of everything <laughs> well, you have one older kid so one my older kids kid. would be scared to death oh, that. my five-year-old cool is scared as death but uh, that's I have okay. super dad envy right now. That's awesome. Yeah, our yard is awesome. But I also have a humongous yard I can put stuff in. That's pretty cool. Yes. But yes, the Monster Mash. Monster Mash. Yeah, you know, he was been obviously the connection. For those of you that aren't quite sure about Jamal Mashburn Jr., um, his father is Jamal Mashburn. Duh. Yeah, where, where did, Kentucky uh, legend. Kentucky, that's right. Yeah, Kentucky legend played for Rick Pitino. Oh, come on. You don't you act like you don't know that. Now, he's an NBA guy. He knows all the NBA teams. Uh, he played for the sure. Mavericks, too, with, with Jason Kidd and Jimmy Jackson. No, played, I know who, you remember I, that? I, I know who Jamal heat? Mashburn is. I just couldn't remember where he went to college. Oh. Played for the Hornets. Boo. Boo. He played for everybody, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah, he did. He played for everybody. I'm not. A, I wasn't like a huge Kentucky Wildcats fan, but the, the Patino, the Patino team with Mashburn, I was like around the time I really like started getting into now basketball. When he was in a pro career, he was like usually like the third option on the team, like the third best player on the team. Was no, he was? was. He was. Or like, he was like the second best. He was like he was their their set. I think if I think he might have been their leading scorer at one time, because I know Jimmy Jackson was balling, but I think Mashburn might have. Um, average like twenty two a game or something like that on that team. Well, we're getting well. Jason Kidd wasn't a big time scorer, so well. He, I mean, he obviously he was super talented. That's he, why I yeah, said Jason Kidd was like rookie of the year, co rookie I mean, of the year with uh, Jamal Ashburn. Hill. Jamal Ashburn averaged nineteen points for his career. I mean, that's like he's a player. He's yeah. a hooper. Yeah, I think his he second, led them in scoring like twenty four a game. His second year was twenty four a game. His third year twenty three <laughs> and a half. There you go. And then he went. I got it. I didn't he, even look that up, man. And then he went to Toronto, and it went in half. That's what happens when you go to Toronto, <laughs> unless he, you're Kawhi. Then he was back in Dallas, Miami, and then Charlotte, and yeah. Oh, at the end of his career, he didn't go out. He didn't go out soft. He averaged twenty plus his last four years. All right, forgive me. Yeah, the dude was a solid player for a long time. If this star, all star, pretty sure, right? If this star means made, an all star, he was an all star two thousand two, two thousand three. It was his yeah. second to last season. It's not bad, man. I was, I always had him pegged as like the second or third guy, but like, yeah, we're talking more of a first, second guy here. I mean, I'm excited about Mashburn. I'm excited by about the six ten kid from Chicago Heights. So it's not not interesting. Martise Mitchell. Yeah. Martise Mitchell. Um, he's got a lot of potential. You know, the wingspan. Um, he's a, more of a perimeter uh, big, or he wants to be. Um, but at the same time, I feel like when you got the length, when you got the athletic ability, you know, if you, if you get the mindset of playing inside and out, and then you know he gets kind of a, a, um, put some weight on him. I mean, I think it, it, the sky's the limit for his potential. Well, Martise, here's the thing with Martise. You watch his you watch his video. Martise Mitchell does face up and shoot the ball well, and he does he does okay with a dribble. But at the same time, it's not. The, the dribble is not explosive yet. What he is and what I see him play, because he was in two of our prep hoops events. He was at the Battle of the Lakes and in our, in our finals at the end of the year. He is a good shot blocker. I mean, he's, he's, he's super long. He's a good shot blocker, runs to the floor well. 
Um, and he finishes around the basket like because he's huge and he's fairly fairly agile for his size. He's gonna need he's gonna need strength. He's gonna need to refine his skills. He's gonna have to rebound better. We're talking about a guy who rebounds about five time, five boards a game. He has to do all those things. So therefore, he is gonna come in. He is gonna come in raw. It's gonna take a little time. But you're talking about you know Brian Snow wrote about this and it's very true. Um, if he works at that potential, we're talking about a great, great recruit. If he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't blossom size-wise aggressively, okay, then we're talking probably about, you know, I, I don't. I, we're talking about something in the Ralph Sampson area, era, well, area, yeah. but Ra- I mean, but not as good as Ralph when Ralph first came. Yeah, he like, still was uh, very productive. Ralph was very good. He just guy. Ralph didn't right. take, he, from year one to year four. Didn't, didn't turn to all progress. Big Ten player. Right? Yeah, year one with four was the same as similar to year right. one. Whereas if you could get Martise to be what Ralph was in his last two years, that's a good thing. Right, and then um, uh, you know, obviously the, the the biggest thing about this class um, is if they can get with this last scholarship. Um, five-star prior leg big man Dawson Garcia and you know he's he's gonna be a hometown hero I think if he chooses the Gophers um, you know they're they're really gonna put this program like on his back and 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 make him the face of this program once he's here and you know for a kid uh, from Minnesota to get that opportunity kind of like Amir Coffee has you know hopefully Daniel Tour does it this year um, you know that that's gonna be incredible for a local kid if he picks the Gophers and I think you know with the other teams that are looking at him I don't see how you can compete with that. You know, what they have with Dawson is Dawson had a final seven. And then of that final seven, it, well, Arizona and Kansas were there. I, we don't know this because I know Arizona was here and they went out to dinner with the family for an in-home. Um, they kind of just they're, – they're not – there's no visits there. I think probably what happened was the sanctions probably got to somebody. Now, nobody said that, but you, you're you not seeing a visit scheduled. And North Carolina – excuse me. Yeah, North Carolina is – I think they're almost full. As a matter of fact, if you look at the verbal commits scholarship grid, you don't see um, – North Carolina – it says they're full. Now, that doesn't mean they are. Maybe they could go after somebody else, but I think those guys are out. Um, so that's – so you had Kansas – uh, Arizona and North Carolina were on that final seven, so you're down to four. Memphis was here yesterday. I was gonna say, didn't you see Penny Hardaway at Chipotle? <laughs> no, I did not see them. And <laughs> but like, okay, if you live in the Twin Cities for a long time, obviously you know you eventually have a lot of acquaintances all over the place. Okay, <laughs> so like between the college world, my friends, and you know, coaching world, and the folks who work at Chipotle, yeah, the people that are GI subscribers, like, you got a lot of people that say, "Hey, Ryan, guess who's here?" You know, and like so. Yesterday, I got a hey. Ryan, Mike Miller, and Penny Hardaway, and Coach Toppert are at are at Chipotle, and I'm like, oh, for God's sakes! And I thought, you know, and after, I thought it'd be funny to throw it out there, and of course, I got messages back seconds later from. I'm not gonna say who, but from <laughs> from their staff, like, where are you? Like, why are you? Like, why are you scouting on it? Where are we eating? I just thought it was kind of funny. But yes, they met with him yesterday. Minnesota met with Dawson earlier in the week. Marquette is met with him four times, and they have a few more they can meet. Indiana's after him. Um, base, this is the deal. Dawson Garcia. Many people didn't believe, and I had heard that you know, the chances with Minnesota weren't great. But he had a, a fantastic official visit. Um, a lot of credit here to the Gopher basketball players who showed. Dawson a fantastic visit. That's part one. Part two, a lot of credit to Coach Patino and his staff for the way that they were able to show Dawson how they would use him within their offense. And let's make no mistake about it, Dawson Garcia within 
the way Minnesota wants to use their four and wants to get the ball to their four and let them create, Dustin Garcia would instantly be a big-time basketball player here. We're talking about maybe one of the best freshman perform potential performances in history go for basketball. Wow. He's that talented. And like this system would work great for him. But you also have Indiana and Marquette who have been in on him for a long, long time. Mm. You know, I think the Indiana visit's coming up soon. He's been to Marquette, probably will be again. Um so in the Marquette visit went for him was great. There was a time people said that they are a favorite, and some still believe they are the favorite. You know, but I think it's a battle all the way to the end. I think it comes down to how bad does Dawson want to be here? And he has been on campus three times this fall. I expect he will be back again sometime soon because there are some big bass. You know, a lot of times if recruits are deciding and late and late and right before national national signing day, like Dawson is expected to, they come to a gopher game or two. So, so the fans should have their chance to say, we want Dawson. Clap, 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 clap throughout the, throughout the Williams Arena. They probably will have that chance. I expect he'll be back. But Minnesota – you know, it just comes down to the comfort level. Where will Dawson and his family be comfortable? Will it be with Richard Pitino and his staff? Will it be with Steve Wojciechowski and his staff? Will it be with Archie Miller and his staff in Indiana? Now, Marcus had pointed out earlier, Minnesota has had more success than those other schools that we're talking about recently um, in terms of Memphis, Indiana, Marquette, Minnesota. Excuse me. Yeah, I think I said them all four, right, didn't I? There's a lot of M's in there. It threw me off. There really are. Yeah. So, but like, you know, Minnesota has been in the NCAA tournament two of the last three years. There have been struggles in Indiana. Indiana's last year was a, you know, with Romeo Langford didn't go the way mm-hmm. you wanted wanted to. And, you know, Marquette had, has had some, I don't know, I think, I believe Marquette made it to the first round last year. I can't say for sure offhand, but then they lost the Hauser brothers. And if you're a fan and you're thinking about it, like, well, how come the Hauser brothers who are 6'9", skilled, you know, they're, they're front court players. And if they leave because they don't like how they're going to be used, how does that work with Dawson? Does that raise a red flag? Well, I would think it would, but at the same time, Dawson's a different player and will have a, probably has a different relationship with the Marquette staff than his Marquette coaches. But that would be a red flag for me. Um, so I basically, it's I think it's going to come down to whoever they're the most comfortable at. And that's what Dawson Garcia um, deciding between Minnesota, Memphis, Indiana, and Marquette. None like sticking around town, going to your favorite restaurants. Seeing mom and dad every weekend, if you need to, or not, just just avoiding their calls. <laughs> which one? Would, which one would you want it to be? I mean, you could go to the, you know where the hot spots are to party. Probably start establishing a relationship with some of the T Wolves, and instantly come to the University of Minnesota, be a starting four man, playing with Daniel Laturu, and you it could be you know it could be a hell of a, it could be a hell of a front court duo. Some nice restaurants in Dinky Town, you know that. Oh, you know I'm hitting one up pretty soon right after this. <laughs> Where should I get food from anyway? Should we get the – do we hit up – you know the malt shop's my, one of my favorite spots. Oh, the malt shop is bomb. Yeah, or grab a pizza from Lake Harriet Pizza. If we mm. didn't hit Carboni's up last night, we'd, I'd probably grab some of that. <laughs> I like Mesa myself. You like Mesa? Dude, the Carboni's is so good. Carboni's is really good. It's so salty, though. It is delicious. I like salty. I'm a salty, savory guy. Hey, are your Lakers like? How excited are you for your Lakers? Are we gonna? Oh, we're transitioning to the Lakers basketball right now. I really do want to talk a little pro before we run out of here. Okay, we should talk a little bit, a little bit of pro. Uh, Marcus can shut up. We're just gonna do it, you and me. So Lakers wise, uh, the thing that is most exciting to me is having two. Apart from uh, LeBron James going to win MVP this year, having two monsters like seven footers who can run the floor, athletic one who is a an excellent shooter, handler, and passer, and and uh, the other one who has somehow changed his his career from being known as a complete laughing stock. I'm talking about Javale McGee to somebody who can really be a reliable player, uh, somebody that you can get solid minutes out of, and who and both of them 
are going to be monsters on defense. Lakers look tough, man. Lakers uh, look real is tough. Is Dwight Howard on their team? <sighs> yes. Well, okay, so like you never clarified who you were talking about, so I was like, No, nah, he's not a seven footer. Dwight Howard's cannot, Dwight Howard's like six eight. He's six eleven, two sixty five. Nah, he's six nine. They just right they just measured him with shoes off. He's six nine. Really? So yeah. he's he's so he's been that fake his whole life. He's he's always been that fake. Yeah. I'm not excited about Dwight Howard being around, but as long as he doesn't as long as he stays quiet, gives us uh some decent minutes off the bench, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about it. So what's going to happen when they play the Timberwolves and Carl Anthony Towns goes for 35? Uh, that seems highly unlikely. It seems highly unlikely? Yeah, yeah. Do you, Are you one of these guys who's uh, like saying, yeah, the Timberwolves are being counted out. They are uh, a lot better than everybody thinks they're going to be. This is my approach with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I, I like First of all, you, you have to be very cautious to, as you approach the season. Um, I'm a guy who watches a lot of Timberwolves basketball, like – almost damn near every play, which is until we hit late in the season and you know it's over, right. and then I give up. Um, and then I start <laughs> then I start focusing on every college game I can find when I have time available from 9 to 11.30 at night. Um, but like the, t- well, the way I look at the Timberwolves is everyone wants to rag on Andrew Wiggins. And my God, so far away he's played in the preseason. Yeah, he's earning which is, it. Which is somehow worse than he played last year. <laughs> like, like, I understand it. But like until... I was watching. Okay, so I started watching the Bucks game. I watched one quarter, and it was so dreadful basketball wise. But that's what you get when you watch preseason basketball. If you watch preseason basketball and look at it too much, you should be slapped because it's terrible. So I got I got what was coming to me for watching it. But I I immediately look at Jeff Teague and like the ball. Like he threw one pass to the left, got the ball back. There's 17 seconds on the shot clock. You know, I'm like saying to myself, "Don't do it, Jeff." Don't do it. <laughs> and sure enough, he clanks one long off the back of the rim. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, dude. Like, I know Jeff Teague is talented, but he just makes nobody better. So I have no confidence that that's going to happen. Hmm. I do have confidence, though, that Carl Anthony Towns is going to have a monster season. And I think now, like, I think it's now time for people to put a little pressure on Carl Anthony Towns. Yes. If you are a superstar, let's see you lead this team somewhere special. Because yes. it's not like he had – like, the team is – I mean, Robert Covington's really good. Robert Covington's probably their second best basketball player. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And early returns on you know on their on their draft pick Jarrett Culver like is really good. Now I don't know that he's going to start, but like early returns, he's he's a bright spot. So and Andrew Wiggins, if somebody can figure out how to use him in the right way, he can be an asset. You know, is he going to be worth his contract? Probably not. But if you can get that out of your head that he's not worth his contract and he can be a valuable asset and used like a valuable asset in ways, okay, then he can be a valuable asset as well. I just I worry about the point guard. If for God's sakes, if Jeff T could just get the team running, they might have a chance. Well, but- you know, they say uh, Covington is the trade bait um, for somebody to maybe uh, swing us a point guard. They're talking about Chris Paul. Uh, potentially, because uh, what what I'm hearing about Covington is he's the guy that will eventually be uh, on a competitor who can he can match up with the LeBrons and the Kawhis and and actually play some defense on these guys. Yes, uh, there aren't a whole lot of those guys in this league, right? Um, so he might be the trade bait that that gets us uh, well shakes us loose of Andrew Wiggins and and on Andrew Wiggins. So uh, what was it, ESPN or somebody came out with the top 100 and and he didn't make the list and he was upset or said something about how, there's not 100 guys better than me, and and then the internet dragged him and said there's actually 200 guys that are better than. <laughs> you. Is there a guy who has less of an idea of what who's more separated from truth 
than Andrew Wiggins? Like, does he actually know who he is? Well, or, or does he is he just so misguided that he he can't see his inconsistencies and and can't see the the fact that he is uh, a complete disaster defensively? Well, I'll tell you this: there are 450 players in the NBA. Okay, so like when you're talking about the top 100, top 200. Okay, like I'm happy that they put him on the top 100 list because. That maybe that can light a fire. Although all it did to seem, all it did was seem to <laughs> let him not rebound and turn the ball over right? and shoot twenty five percent from the field. But like, okay, in reality, like he's right. They, like he is a top one hundred player in the NBA. He is. I mean, there's, and that's just simple math because like that means that you know there's thirty teams in the NBA. Like, come on, he he would be a third or fourth best guy on each team. Like. Yes, he is. Now, is he playing like it right now? Probably not. But through his career, he has shown he can be a third or fourth best player. The problem is he's paid to be a top two player, and he's not doing that. And that's why everybody frustra- it's so frustrating for everybody. But then to compound matters, and I, mean, I don't want to sound like he's a terrible human being because actually all the returns are he's a fantastic human being that we should all strive to be like as a good human being. But he just doesn't work that hard. Like mm. the other day, I was watching him. I was like, "All right, Andrew, please react defensively on this. Please react." And he he like was ball watching, and the guy cut around him, and he was late curling around, you know, defending defending a screen, and he got around the curl late, and he gave up a layup. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, dude, this is never gonna work. This guy's never gonna get it. And I've hoped for this. Like I've tried to defend the guy for a while, but I just it just keeps getting worse. It just keeps worse. getting worse. It's it's getting worse all the time. And you asked about his mindset. I don't know what his mindset is. I I, I mean he can't. Like I guarantee you, somebody showed up at practice and was like, "Hey Andrew, you weren't a top hundred player in the NBA. What do you think of that?" We're not gonna look at you and say, "Yeah, I'm probably like 106." <laughs> you know. <laughs> so like, so he's probably gonna defend himself and say, "Yeah, there's not a hundred guys better in the NBA." You know, and there probably aren't, but he probably still like if you were doing this without like an anger piece towards him, he's probably sitting at like eighty nine or something like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you know, know because well, I mean, he just seems to be detached from reality. Well, there's only there's only 150 starters in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, and think of how many of them are bumpkin centers that just have to play, and then they get pulled out of the game within four minutes. You know, like still, you know, like there's the like, but I'm glad they said that. You know, just maybe the guy will get motivated, but who knows? It seems like a, a far-off dream anymore, trying to get Andrew Wiggins to come around. If he could be the third best player in this team and shoot a decent percentage, that would mean – and then Carl Anthony Towns is a great year and Robert Covington is the player that people think he is. They could have a decent season. But, like – But not make the playoffs. You don't, well, We're that, not talking about that, a playoff that, team. That all depends on where injuries happen. Every year, everybody talks about this team, that team, this team, and then oh crap, that guy got injured. Right. Well, their team, their season's ruined. Oh crap, this guy wants to leave. Okay, the Pelican season is ruined. You know, like it, it, like teams drop off like that every single year in the NBA. So it just depends on where you're at. But then, okay, let's say they all everything flies in the right direction. Well, what are they? A seven seed max? Nah, eight, eight seed max nah, if everything goes in the right direction. I don't so, see how. So what does even that do? I don't see how. Yeah, they they're they're maybe ninth or tenth. Maybe ninth or tenth in the yeah. West, and that's if everything breaks right. As ever, if everything breaks the right way. Now, what are the Lakers then? Uh, the Lakers are top three team. Top for three sure. team for sure. Okay. That's whether or not Kuzma can stay healthy. I don't think they even need to be. Uh, it, as long as as long as one and two are good, it's it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough out 
getting rid of the Lakers. I'm really excited for this NBA season. And I've been like NBA was something I didn't watch five years ago, but I like I watch regularly now. I can't wait to see. With, uh, excuse the Wizards. What the hell? <laughs> the Wizards. No, the Warriors. I'm looking forward to seeing. I I want to see if Seth Curry, Steph Curry, is who he is. Yeah. I want to see who he is. He's been a bit like a caged animal with uh, Kevin Durant on the team. Let's see who you are, buddy. Yeah. Like a lot of the other superstars in the NBA, they've pro- they've had to carry a team at times. Well, he's never had to for the most part. So let's see who he is. Well, he 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 did. Uh, so my boss was uh, is a big Dubs guy, and he and I were talking about it. Apparently, um, with last season, without uh, Durant on the floor. Uh, when it was him and Draymond Green, when it was Steph and Draymond, he put up like 45 points a game. Or it was see. on pace for like 45 points a game. Well, let's see. So th- this is going to be the year. I mean, uh, Dar- uh, D'Angelo Russell is going to get his because uh, that's what they threw money at him to do. Um, I think they both had 30 last night uh, in, a, in a preseason game against the Lakers. But again, yeah, that's preseason. You can't, yeah, you can't say anything about it. But uh, it, it is going to be exciting to see because some people I think uh, uh, have – have put the Warriors out of the playoffs. They don't. They're not even going to make the playoffs. See, is that's, what they're that's crazy talk. But I mean, I want to see. I want to see what he could prove for that team. I want, and I want to change this a little bit. The Clippers. I want to throw down. Let's put a friendly wager on this. <laughs> Who has the better record? The Clippers or the Lakers? Now you're going to say Lakers, so I'm going to go Clippers. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to yeah. always say Lakers. Yeah. Okay. So let's put a bur- let's put a burger on this from that place down. Was that Murphy's? Yeah. 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 Let's put a burger on this for next spring. Who has the better record? Because I think the Clippers. Are we ta- are we talking about um, at the the regular season? Correct. Yes, regular season. Regular record. season. Let's see who has a better record going into the playoffs: Clippers or Lakers? Because I think it's going to be the Clippers. All right. I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's simple as that. All right. Well, um, we should probably uh, uh, tease something moving forward. But to be honest with you, I don't know when we're going to get together again. Hopefully, it'll be in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Let's be honest here. I mean, like Marcus is is with the Star Tribune and he travels to a lot of games. I have four kids and two careers, and now I'm trying to coach my daughter's team. It's not always easy. It's not. And you are now entered the father world. And I have. You work late nights, so it's this isn't always easy thing to do. But we love doing it, so that's why we come here to do it. So uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, keep following us at One and Done Hoops on Twitter. Uh, send us messages. Let us know what you like, uh, what you want to hear us talk about more. Uh, for Marks Fuller and Ryan James, I'm Hardwood Rob. Thank you for listening to the One and Done Show.